Hey, welcome to another episode of the Two Harbors Consulting Podcast. Again, I am George Zach, and I am once again joined by CMI Lead Appraiser and my colleague at Two Harbors, Tom Klein. And uh, Tom and I were kicking around our topic for this particular podcast because uh, it's something we actually get a lot of questions about, which is the interview in a CMI appraisal. What's, what is this interview? How is it different? Uh, and, and perhaps to other interviews that you uh, have to do for audits or inspections. Uh, what are the rules of the interview? How do you prepare for the interview? Um, what's it look like? What kind of questions uh, are, are asked in it? Um, what sort of notes can you take? So um, we get a lot of questions on this, actually, as we engage with sites for CMI appraisals, be they evaluation appraisals or benchmark appraisals or medical device discovery appraisals. And we thought we'd just do a quick session here to share our impressions as to what goes into an interview. And hopefully this is material that you'd be able to kick around with others as they get ready for CMMI appraisal interviews. So Tom, why, why do we even, let's just kick this off with, why do we even do an interview? Why, why, why can't we just look at the documentation and just, and just be done with it? Why are we actually doing the interviews? Well, depending on what kind of appraisal you're doing, you could have a different answer to that. But generally, we want to hear that the work is actually being done like we see it. So if we're looking at documents or artifacts, you know, that shows um, maybe it's you're looking at process documents or you're looking at procedures or you're seeing the outputs. That's a that's a telling way to see how an organization is performing something. But we also want to hear the affirmation from uh, from the individuals that are doing the work. We want to hear how they use those processes, how they use the tools, um, all the activities, because we're we're making sure that that not only are they able to read the document, but they know how to do the work. Okay. So that, that's that's great. So is there is there some sort of gap between what those those documents, be they in the old school three-ring binders up on a shelf or maybe now in some sort of document repository. Is that how people are actually doing those, those processes, executing those processes, or is there, is there something different? Um, or they, maybe even in the interview, are you affirming other things that they can improve on um, within those particular processes? Yeah, sure. I think all of those things are true. And, you know, do, I think there are different approaches. Some appraisers, I was just reading a, a conversation last night, actually, that some appraisers really like to do a conversation with the teams before they even do any of the review of artifacts or documents, because then you're getting that, um, you know, this is how we do and what we do. And now you can go and look at it versus traditionally, or, or typically, I think most appraisals that I've been on where we have looked at documents, we do that first to kind of get the big picture of, right. Um, I want to understand what they're doing. And, and then we can use that as the foundation for a conversation. Yeah, I think I've read that same thread actually, where, and I think that's pretty typical for be it an audit um, um, outside of CMMI or a CMMI appraisal interview. Typically, you, you as an appraiser, be it the lead or a team member, you're doing some sort of soak time with the documentation ahead of it, uh, ahead of the interviews. But um, in that thread, it was being kicked around that flip that. Maybe it's better to, interview people first and get an understanding from them as to how work's performed and then go back and affirm that by reviewing the, the documentation. But I guess, mm-hmm. you know, that's, there's an assumption in that, that those are uh, serial activities, 
you know, frankly, to some degree, they're, I think they're always a bit parallel. There's you know, discussion and then document review and, and, and how you intermix that. You know, obviously, there's probably more of a slant one way or the other, but uh, mm-hmm. that's, a bit, that's a bit of back to rule one, what's going to be of greatest value to the organization. Yeah. And, and actually, maybe before we go much further, I want to, we keep using the word interview. And I think yeah. sometimes that strikes the fear in the heart of, of anyone that when you think of interview, you think of bright lights, or you think of a whole bunch of people sitting on the opposite side of the table. And um, I think something that we've really tried to do is make, to get rid of even that word interview, we, we talk about um, conversations or discussions, which maybe is just a softened version of those things, but yeah, that is what we want to have. We aren't just asking questions. We're having a discussion and learning about how you do your work. And that's, um, I think that's the, the key. If you can get that mindset coming in that we're, we're talking to you to learn how you do your job. And depending on the type of appraisal it is, maybe we have some very specific things we need to hear and we'll guide you to that. But a lot of times, like with a medical device appraisal, we're, we're trying to get kind of the lay of the land. We were wanting to understand what it is that you do and the things that you think are working really well and the things that don't work well. You know, a lot of times we say, what's cumbersome about all of this? What do you wish would, would be different if you could fix it? And then why haven't you fixed it? You know, what's in the way of even preventing the improvement? So I know we're, I'm getting a little bit ahead on some of these things. Well, but. well, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. So let's, let's say I am, you know, I, I'm working at Klein Medical Devices and I'm told that you're going to come in and you're going to do a CMI appraisal. You're, you're showing up with a team and I've been, I've been told I'm going to be in an interview session for let's say project management or, you know, or requirements um, or, or measurement or configuration management. It, it, it almost doesn't matter to me which topic it is. You, you can pick. What, what do I, what do, two questions. What do I need to do to prepare for that interview as an interviewee? And what should I expect? Like, what's it look like when I go into that interview or, or discussion room? Well, ideally there's nothing to prepare you know the work that you do. And I think um, we, we talk a lot, especially in the medical device world, about the differences between an audit and, and an appraisal or an audit and this kind of an assessment. But in an, in an appraisal, we're not going to be asking you to, to come back from memory or to talk about a specific document. We're hearing stories and anecdotes about the way you do your work. So especially in the medical device appraisal, which is a type of evaluation appraisal, I don't want you to prepare. I don't really want you to study the CMMI practices, you know, studying for the test. I don't want you to go through all of your artifacts. I want you to come in just as you. I want to know what what you are thinking when we start talking about these things. Now, I I know from being on that side, on the, the participant side, that I don't want to come into a meeting not knowing anything about it. So um, what what we typically provide as appraisers is, kind of a high level overview of the material we're going to be covering. You know, if you want to um, learn more about the practice area or the topic, I'm very happy to, to go over the practices with you, try to connect, you know, these different roles. This is how we're going to draw those roles or talk about those activities in the session. So I want to make the connections with the participant. Um, because if it's, if you're talking to a nonprofit, if you're talking to a medical device company, you're talking to a defense contractor, a project management interview or a configuration management interview could look very different 
you know, depending on who is actually in that conversation and what we're listening for. So, um, so as much as possible, I want to provide education at the level that you, you want or are interested, but then come into the, the conversation and we'll just talk. We're going to ask questions and uh, at least the team members that I work with, we keep the CMMI kind of as this behind the scenes thing. We're going to have a normal conversation like you would have with family members, only a little geekier, I guess, but um, it would just be a conversation out with friends. And then behind the scenes, the team is saying, did we hear this practice and this practice and this practice and so on. So, okay. So I don't have to prepare. Do what, what do I need to bring anything? Should I like, should I bring my process document? Should I bring my laptop to show you stuff? Um, so traditionally, and typically I would say, no, you know, you don't need to bring any of that, but I've kind of loosened up a little bit to say, if you have something that you think would be really helpful to show, then, then by all means have that at the ready. And if it comes up in the conversation, we can talk about it. We just need to be careful not to let half of the conversation go while you're showing this presentation or or an artifact. Um, and I say that traditionally or historically, um, because that's all changed with virtual appraisals where, you know, they're going to have to have their laptop there because they're connecting with their camera. And in some ways that virtual side has made it really easy to say, Hey, do you mind if I just pop up this, this slide or this process flow really quick while we're talking about it. And then I can walk you through it in a minute and we're done. And that's been very nice. Um, Historically though, we have said, don't bring notebooks or artifacts or computers because there there's confidentiality about the session. We'll talk about that. And we just, we just don't want people to take notes coming out of this um, because we're, well, we can talk about the confidentiality side. Uh, All appraisals abide by a confidentiality and non-attribution policy, just meaning that we're going to keep the conversation in that group and we're the appraisal team and ideally no one else on the participants will share who said what during that conversation. Now, it doesn't mean like we have the cone of silence that's dropped and it's awkward when you walk out and you say, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Feel free if you're an interview participant to talk about the questions like that George and I are asking you, or even the the high level conversations. None of that is secret. We can show it to you in the model. We can even give you the questions we're going to ask if you really wanted them. But the part we really want to keep secret is what did Joe say, or you know the the individuals on your teams. We want to keep that quiet and. Right. And while the team, the appraisal team, George and I, in this case, we would be taking notes. Um, that is strictly for, for our use to make sure we're thinking in, of everything that was said. You know, the conversations are wide ranging and we cover a lot, of, a lot of ground. So when you get to the end of the day after four different sessions, it's hard to remember all of the details. So that's what the notes are for, um, to help us with our results. But even we destroy those at the end of the week. So they have a very short life. Okay. So let me see if I can sing some of this back there. I, I walk into this, this, this interview room. I'm probably walking in there with anywhere from, you know, it, it could be just me individually it could be with me up to maybe like another half dozen or so people. I'm just describing the way I do my work. There's an appraisal team there of at least two people. Sometimes there may be as many as four. I think rarely would you see more than that. 
And there's somebody that's leading this conversation from the appraisal team, asking questions as to how I do the work. And then there's a bunch these other appraisal team members are banging away on their laptops, um, taking, taking notes. There's this thing on confidentiality, which if, if I'm hearing what you're saying is I can talk about um, the concepts that we've talked about once I leave the room, but I don't want to really say, Hey, um, you know, Tom, I can't believe Tom said this or gee whiz, you know, George just dominated the conversation. I want to keep that non-attributable. Um, I'll, I'll add to that. The, the appraisal team abides to that, abides by that by not making any of the results attributable back to an individual as well. So in the results that are fed back to the organization, be it strengths or opportunities or weaknesses or notes, um, there should be nothing in there that says, um, and Tom is a, you know, particularly upset employee or, you know, George really loves, you know, the the company. We try to keep that non-attributable as well. Um, but, but it seems pretty simple. It's, I mean, it, it just seems that really what you're doing is you're just saying, tell me about your workday when you ask a person to just, and, you know, obviously you're giving that some focus to like, tell me about your workday specifically in regards to project management or how you manage these particular requirements. It's a guided conversation, but it's really just a person providing th- the objective evidence through their affirmation or maybe their lack of affirmation as to what it is that, that they're doing. Yes. All of that is true, George. And, you know, the, I typically start the conversation at a fairly high level. You know, we're, I'm going to have as a way of doing introductions, I try to minimize the time we spend on introductions because I've done some of that ahead of time. But if we're talking about metrics, I want to know just to use as examples through the rest of the session, I want to know what are, what are one to three metrics that are uh, really important to you or that you're responsible for, or if it's a leadership team, Tell me about an objective or a goal that you and your team are responsible to meet or that you're driving. And so as a part of that introduction, we're learning a little bit more about the role of the time in the company, but we're also starting the conversation. You know, if, if they come back and say, well, I don't have any goals or I don't have any measures, that's going to be a very different kind of conversation or a starting point. But if yeah. they do have examples, then that's immediately, we have relevant things to talk about as we start going through the questions. Um, Occasionally, we will we'll ask something that is out of left field, or maybe it's the CMMI language, or um, maybe we just don't have all of the right people. You know, we we're pretty careful setting up the, the participants for all of the conversations, but sometimes we don't get it, or we've um, maybe we ha- just didn't make one of our requests clear. And so sometimes there's this awkward moment where nobody knows, or yeah, you're going to have to ask um, Dan about that. And that's completely fine. I mean, we always build time in to the to the appraisal week to have some follow-ups or to do a quick check with somebody else, um, or even to to talk with this group again and maybe see some more um, examples or a demo of a of a tool or of an artifact or a document, something. So, so the the idea is that we just want to have a, a comfortable conversation. And so, if we ask something that you don't know or it's the wrong person, just let us know about that and. And who we should go talk with, um, but it's. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to flip. I was going to shift this a little bit. So I, I think often when um, if you're an employee and somebody an outside organization is coming in and and they're checking how you're doing your work, um, there's not necessarily always the desire to be 
forthcoming. Uh, you and I do quite a bit of work in the medical device space, and we we know that organizations get audited. And so, um, you know, I've actually coached people as to how to interact with an auditor in, in regards to what kind of response that you provide to them. What, what what's different in an appraisal interview or, or what behaviors are you trying to encourage interviewees to have in an appraisal that are different than um, an audit, uh, an audit interview? I think the most it's, it is different because, you know, you've made the, the joke several times about in an audit. If someone says, do you know what time it is? The only answer you should offer is yes or no. And that's, you know, not really the answer. We want to know what the time is. And so that's kind of the difference from what a, a traditional audit is, the scary kind. Um, there are good audits. So I'm just, I don't want it to make it sound like audits are all, are all bad because I think I've seen thank very you, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen that. a lot of... <laughs> of a very effective audit activities that, that even George has done. So I think audits um, do get a bad name in this way, but, I, and, and to your point, I think there is the audit slash inspection and I've, and I've used the car example as well, right. Where, um, and, and we've all done this as, as parents of children that have gone for their driver's test. That's an inspection. It's an audit of sorts. Right. And you, I mean, you train your kid, when they're, you know, hey, you're going to hold the wheel at, in, in these particular positions. When, when that person that's inspecting you, you want to make sure you do that. You're going to adjust your seat in the car. You know, even if you just drove there, you're going to reach up and touch the rear view mirror. Just that, you know, you're going through this theater, if you will, to provide a particular expectation of response. Sometimes that's necessary, whether it's value add or not, is a whole nother conversation. Um but I, I think in the same way, when you are being inspected, yes, that's not necessarily the time to, um, <clears throat> if you're being inspected, especially by a regulatory body, for you then to come out and say, you know, it would really be a great thing to improve this p- process. That's probably not the conversation to have with an auditor or inspector um, from an outside entity. It might be really good for your internal audit program, actually, to identify those sorts of improvements. But with a CMMI appraisal, I think that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to pull out that information to really identify where there's improvement opportunities. And so we are asking people to be more transparent and forthcoming. Yeah. And, and we want to know, I mean, we want people to feel very um, comfortable to talk about the things that are working really well and the things that aren't. And we, we start that from the very first conversation. We say, this is going to feel a little different, especially for medical device organizations that we want to get we want to get your thoughts about how effective these processes are, or if it's cumbersome, or what do you really like about it? And what do you really not? And I think from um, when we work with the site coordinators, those people that are helping us guide um, who to who to include in the conversations, what the topics should include, um, who, who will be involved in some of those things, they do a lot of kind of prep with the organization to say, this is different. We want you to, to talk and be really open about how you feel about these things. It is a different kind of activity. And, uh, you know, when you're working with people who have been through a number of appraisals and sometimes like in the, in the recent past, I've been in an interview session where I had people that have been through three or four appraisals and others that were in their first. And you can see when yeah. the, the people that have experience with appraisals, they start talking, the other one's like, oh, like, 
what are you doing? You're, did you, that's did not you the say answer. That? <laughs> You're supposed yeah. to just say yes or no. And, right. but then, then they start becoming more comfortable and they see it really is different. So, right. so Tom, what do you, what else do you think makes for a good interview, especially um, from the perspective of what you, ex- what you expect from your, your appraisal team members? Well, I want people to continue the conversation idea. You know, it's, it isn't just, I have these questions that I need to get through and I need to get these answers. I want people on, on the appraisal team to follow the flow of the conversation. So right. maybe you're not going to be able to go in sequence through your questions. You may have to, to let the conversation guide you. I want people to be asking kind of open-ended questions. So it isn't, we're not um, sort of pushing the respondent to the obvious answer or getting a yes, no answer. Yeah. We want to understand, you know, tell us about how that process works and what happens if it doesn't work quite that way. What do you do then? But to really let the conversation um, unfold. And ideally you get to all of your questions that way, just by kind of redirecting occasionally. Sometimes you have to say, you know, in the sake of time, I need to to cut off this. This is really interesting, but I, I have a few things that we need to make sure to cover that we haven't gotten to yet. Right. So, you know, it's just being polite, being interesting, being interested, rather being interested <laughs> in what the, uh, I may not be interested. Welcome ever, to your interview. This is about me being interested. <laughs> I want, I want the team members to be interested in what they're hearing. And, you know, so that curiosity, that's such an important part of being an effective team member, I think is, yeah, is just being interested in what you're hearing about and being able to keep a conversation going. Yeah. There's all kinds of other stuff we could talk about, like the, um, you know, it's nice to be able to, to attend a tier board meeting or to go to, uh, or attend, have people record some of their um, traditional staff meetings or something that we can, uh, we can hear before going into the sessions. There's so much cultural things and background and data that you can hear, uh, but there's nothing like just having a real conversation with somebody. Thanks, Tom. That, that, that's, it's been, I think, again, like you said, there's a lot that we can talk about with, with interviews and, and how they're executed. I'd be really curious for the, you know, I know we make the joke for the, for the five people that listen to this podcast. And if you've been a part of an interview, either um, as an interviewee um, or as an interviewer, um, what did you find uh, to be effective and, and, and what things, where, where could our performance um, improve so that they're, they're, what, what things would make for a more effective interview? What things did we miss in briefly describing the interview process here that if you're introducing to your organization or a new organization, hey, there's going to be this CMLI interview, what things would you also want to describe? Let us know. I'll have some contact information in the, uh, the show notes for this podcast. And of course, we're always interested in what topics you'd like to discuss uh, and hear about um, where you're performing uh, well, where you need to improve, um, your favorite practice area, challenges with standards, um, how you're achieving greater quality over compliance. Drop us a note. Look forward to hearing, look forward to hearing from you and keep improving.